Yeah, so like my job, I, I'm a power unit assembly technician. So I look, I look after our race and test engines, make sure that they're built to the correct spec, that they're serviced, getting parts back and forth to the factory in between events, um, and generally like overseeing the, the build of the power mm. unit as a whole. Um, I've done so many other jobs, you, mm. know, since, you know, since starting in motorsport. I was a rear end mechanic for many years. Um, and then I sort of started doing this when I joined Red Bull. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Track Limits Podcast presented by Formula Addict. I'm with my co-hosts Henny and Mikey, and today we have an incredible guest, a person that's part of the championship winning team Red Bull, an integral part of the paddock, and a world record holder for Woo. the fastest pit stop with him and his team, <laughs> Callum Nicholas. Well, welcome. Hello. Hello. Nice. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was, <laughs> a, that was a wicked intro. I, <laughs> I actually don't think I could re- like no. replicate it again. I love it. Always, always talk got time for uh, Nice, good intro. No, I really appreciate you coming down. I know it's obviously right now a bit of a break for you guys. How's that been? Kind of mentally, physically, uh, kind of good? It's okay. I, th- I think on the on the one hand, it's obviously it's always nice to get some more time with family. Um, the season's so busy, you know, especially later in the year, it gets really busy. So it's nice to have a little bit of time now. On the other hand, you know, you kind of want to just keep up the momentum once you're into the season. You yeah. just get them get them done get the next one done get to the next yeah. one you know the sooner you get on with it the sooner you're uh, you're back in the winter and you're at home <laughs> amazing well hopefully this is going to be one of the hardest things you do this whole month yeah. in this podcast <laughs> tough questions i don't know man i got a four-year-old to look at <laughs> <laughs> but basically we break up our podcast into three sections q1 right. all related to racing q2 kind of more diving to you as a professional and then q3 is a rapid fire round and that's where we're just gonna ask She's you a bunch of questions. Yeah, you gotta beat your own world record on, on yeah. two three. <laughs> we'll be timing. Incredible. You ready to get into Q1? Yeah, absolutely. Let's okay, perfect. It. So first question, you know, tell us kind of in about 30 seconds, 45 seconds. It might be hard for you given everything you've done. Tell us a bit about yourself. What are some of the core accomplishments you're proud of? Um, okay, so I've been a motorsport technician now, uh, sort of different levels for nearly 15 years. Um, I've done GP3, I've done a couple of Le Mans, and obviously for the last 10, 11 years or so, I've been working in Formula One. Um, I've been at Rebel since 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, in the last few years, there's been quite a lot of my goals sort of ticked off and quite a lot of accomplishments made. Um, obviously, our pit stop records, I'm super Huge. proud of. Um, winning our first Constructors' Championship, that was one of my goals, one of my the things I set out to do all the way back in sort of 2009. Yeah. So yeah, it's been it's been so far a career of amazing accomplishment, um, and I'm I'm very grateful for it. Of course, incredible. Yeah. And then, what does the day to day life for for someone like Callum look like? Especially, I feel like on track, a lot of people watching may not realize that you guys kind of have to rebuild the car every time you go to like a new race weekend. Like you have to build it from scratch. Yeah. So like yeah. my job, I I'm a power unit assembly technician. So I look I look after our race and test engines, make sure that they're built to the correct spec. They're serviced, getting parts back and forth to the factory in between events, um, and generally like overseeing the, the build of the power mm. unit as a whole. Um, I've done so many other jobs, you mm. know, since you know since starting in motorsport. I was a rear end mechanic for many years, um, and then I sort of started doing this when I joined Red Bull. Um, yeah, my day to day is I'm I, I'm a bit of a creature of habit, yeah. and I sort of. One of the things that I like, I think one of the things that makes a team really efficient at the track is routine. Mm. You know, like, I, and not so much like, you know, 
regimented superstitious routine but just getting into the routine of doing things ahead of time mm -hmm. and because you know each weekend there's going to be things that peg you back and unexpected things that need to be done so i think when you my, my day is sort of i try and structure it sort of routinely and that way, at least if I'm ahead of the curve, then those things that happen that you're not expecting, they don't set you back. Um, I'm sort of a little bit like that mm -hmm. in my own life as well. Like, especially when I'm at home, I'll have a routine for the yeah. day. You yeah. know, my, my morning is very structured to get what I get done in the day. Um, I'm a morning person as well. So like, that's always like the best of me. I try and crack on with things Damn. as soon as I can. I wish I was you. <laughs> I can't yeah, legitimately you, you say I that, like the mornings. I, I'm like you, I like oh, the mornings. Yeah, I like to yeah. just get up and get on with yeah. it in the morning. Like, oh. I, swear, like I, I prefer the races. Um, I prefer the races when we have an early start. And then, you know, potentially you've got an earlier finish as yeah. opposed to mm -hmm. like, obviously when you're in the night races and yeah. the, the evening races, you're, your whole day starts later. Like I'm out of bed by eight anyway. Yeah. You know, so if I haven't got to go into the track till like one in the afternoon, there's just a whole chunk of the day you where you're just still, twiddling yeah. your fingers. Going, like, <laughs> exactly. I kid yeah. you not, though, one of the only things to get me out of bed at 8 a.m. in Canada yeah. is the Formula One race. Otherwise, I ain't getting up like, at eight. No, I like... just get used to it now. Like, now, yeah. like my morning routine, especially when I'm at home now. You know, take the dog for a walk. He's expecting his walk at that time. Yeah, I, you know, and I just, I just stay in that, stay in that routine oh, where I can. It's a good schedule to have, to have that morning like build yeah. habit, and you know. Yeah, because I like to be honest, that's the best of me as well. Like yeah. afternoons, especially you know, if I'm not at work, I'm gonna have a nap at yeah. some point. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna put the telly on, I'm gonna put some golf on or something, and I'm gonna have like a, an hour nap in the yeah. afternoon. So mornings are definitely my productive phase. <laughs> Neat. And um, is that also during the season as well? Yeah, 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 definitely. When I, when when I'm away. Like especially when I when I when I first arrive at the track, I try and look at the jobs that need doing, and I'll try mm -hmm. and get all the ones that I can quickly get through yeah. and tick off and get done. I'll try and get those ones done, and then towards the you know the rest of the end of the day, you sort of focus on the stuff that's going to take a little bit more time. And yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty regimented in that sort of respect. Amazing. And by the way, congrats on this early lead that you guys have this season. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what's yeah. the team feeling right now? What's the garage feeling? I think you know it's about the momentum i think from last year we, we especially like the feeling for me the way i've always felt about sort of the group of people is that we we're quite good at carrying that momentum you know when we're on a roll and we know what things are going the way that we want and mm -hmm. everyone's sort of performing at their best um so that's that's sort of something we we just carried on from last year um so whilst you know it's, it's really nice mm -hmm. you know the focus is always going to be just about keeping up with that yeah. mm -hmm. you know and keep pushing on for the next one or the next one you know you enjoy obviously the successes you have along the way yeah but the goal has always got to be make sure you're ready for the next one yeah and during during the off season there's been a lot of chatter about the cost cap breach affecting you guys in the middle season or even in the coming year what does that feel like for you guys is this in all honesty guys... like I, I i don't know about yeah. it it's yeah. not it's not something that I, I deal with. Yep. Um, for me, the focus is just purely on the task at hand in the mm -hmm. garage. Yeah. Mm. You know, like the task at hand, the job that needs doing right now. That's yeah. that's my job, mm. and that's mm -hmm. that's sort of where the focus has to be. There's too much going on for for everyone to worry about. You all can't the, be distracted. Exactly. You know, you can't afford those kind of distractions. Yeah. And how did how does this season now compare to like 2022, 2021? Um, I mean, like 20, 2021 was probably the hardest season that i've had in my career in terms of not just the physical workload it was so busy but also mentally especially towards that back end of the year that last sort of part so tight. it was so tight it was so tense and I, and I and i sort of described it before i felt like you you almost felt like you were being hunted mm. like each week you know like you're losing ground and you're just trying to get the best out of everything you could and 
again, it was one of those, it's one of those moments where really just focusing on the task at hand was, was key. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's certainly the most stressed I've ever been. Yeah, yeah, in, it was it was crazy. It, it, it was beautiful for friends to watch. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> was, like if you were a new fan coming into the sport, you picked a perfect time. Well, also yeah. maybe you didn't because like 2021 was just such a special season, yeah. and not yeah. to say the other ones aren't, but like it was so mm. close. Like when have we ever seen that? I mean, well, like, things, you, you do tend to see it. You know, yeah. when the yeah. regulations are stable for a while, people yep. catch mm-hmm. up, and yeah, the racing gets. The racing yeah. gets better, and yeah, for sure, it was some of the best racing I've ever been. Yeah, and Abu- a part of, let alone watched, you know. And, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. even in Abu Dhabi, twenty twenty one, going into that weekend, did you guys feel like you guys had it, I or f- it was just? I felt like it was just one of those those sort of times where you just have to know that you've done everything that you yeah. can do. Yeah, you know, like for me, it, and it's the same every weekend. Yeah. You know, obviously on that day there was so much more on the line, but. It's the same for me every weekend. You know, you, you, you work on the car throughout the week in the garage. You go through the sessions. You're fixing anything that's not right. And then when you leave that car on the grid mm-hmm. on Sunday afternoon, you walk away from that car on the grid. You've only got one job, and that's pit stops. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and other than that, provided you do that, you've done everything that you can do, everything yeah. that's in your control. Mm-hmm. You know, and everything that's not in your control is, is you know, neither here nor there, really. You know, obviously you want to win, but you just have to know that you've done what you've you've done right. Yeah. How does the how does the team feel? Because like in 2022, Max didn't have the best start. Let's say, how does that how does that affect the team? And let's say the care you've got a technology. Like, how do you bear that stress? It's it's one of those things. I think like experience is probably the biggest thing. Like mm-hmm. I know that I've been doing it long enough that I know that there are always going to be things that go wrong. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you are pushing the limits of everything you do in the sport, you know, mm-hmm. everything that the, the, the personnel, you know, even things down to your logistics and your shipping, you know, not just the car, but obviously the engineering, you're pushing everything mm-hmm. to the limit. And you know that when you do that, you're going to find weaknesses and you're going to have to move on to the next thing and the next thing to, to keep, keep, you know, keeping ahead of it. Yeah. But in terms of it affecting you when things go wrong, you have to sort of look at each thing and say, well, is there something that I could have done mm. for that not to have happened? Mm-hmm. If the answer to that is, well, not really, then the, then you just have to look at, okay, how do we make sure it doesn't happen again? And you find a process or you make a change mm. and whatever. In, in terms of letting it like really affect you, it's sort of a, a dangerous road to go down because you know if you start all of these little things, you could blame yourself for almost anything that happened mm. on a race car. Like, you know, I've been in situations where I've worked on a race car and things have gone wrong with work that I've done or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna happen, you know? And if you, you have to learn from each one, you know, and if you you learn from that mistake, hopefully you've not learned it the hardest way possible. Mm. But in terms of it affecting you going forward, you have mm. to just say, right, is that is that bit okay? Is the rest of the work I've done okay? Yeah, let's get on to the next thing. Let's get back to winning. Let's not worry about the things that have happened. As long as you've as long as you've put a process in place and you've dealt mm. with that issue and whatever that issue is, you have to find a way. I think as a group to just sort of like. Mm. Let's, together. Let's, let's get back on it. Yeah. And then in terms of pit crews, like I know with drivers, you know, there's always like a rivalry that'll come up and like the media loves to talk about it. You don't necessarily get to hear too much about like, what about just pit crews even? Is there like a rivalry that you guys have with other people and other pit crews or not really? Did you know what? Not, I think it's, it's one of the things you sort of get when you, when you watch Drive to Survive. It's yeah. very sort of shows you the, the rivalries mm-hmm. between the drivers. and They make drama a little bit. Well, it's not, yeah. not necessarily drama. Like these guys, they go out on the track. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're on the track. They're, 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 they're they're competing Mm -hmm. you know they're there to win every single one of them is there to win nobody's there to do anything other than win Mm -hmm. you know and it's the same for us but 
it's different in that being rivals with the person next door to you isn't beneficial to helping you win. Mm. And if you are, yeah. then just winning is the best way to win. Like in terms of in terms of like you know, like yeah. I feel like sometimes people get the impression that we're all like at each other's throats. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Like yeah. Yeah. there's no way. Like I spend what like 180 days a year away. Hmm. You know, you're going to share planes with other teams. You're going to share hotels. You're going to bump each, into each mm -hmm. other in bars and restaurants. Hmm. And also, at some point, if you're in this paddock long enough, you're going to need a favour mm -hmm. from these people. Yeah. You know, so the idea that we we don't walk around like <laughs> we're not walking around like abusing yeah, like that's that's you know there are there are many friends. It's also you know people working in the paddock have worked for various different teams throughout Correct. their careers. Yep. You know, it's not like no one's ever going to want to look at a job that's another team. You know, if you've got and pissed off everyone in that garage is yeah you're not gonna go fair you're not you're not you know it's 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 very much a community that even though you are competing and i've always sort of drawn like a pretty clear line like you know outside the garage you got that red line that denotes the pit lane mm -hmm. and everything that sort of happens the other side of it you know whether it be the back of the paddock or outside mm -hmm. of the the track everybody's doing this job you know everybody's yeah. working these hours everybody's doing these days we're all there to compete we're all there to win Go, being at each other's throats is not going to make your job Productive. any easier, easier yep. whatsoever. Mm. On the pit stop, you have the fastest pit stop. Mm -hmm. What do you think your team has that other teams don't, that you're just mm. so good? Do you know what? I, 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 I can't speak as to what it's like in other teams, yep. but the, in in the pit crew that I've always been, there's, there's like so many sort of human factors mm. that I think make us, you know, the fastest for those, you know, five years that we've won the, the pit stop championship. Um, a lot of it is like I, when people ask me, how do you get over like nerves and stuff like that? And a, a huge chunk of that for me is the confidence I get from the people around me. You know, the confidence I get from the belief from the people around me and me being able to do my job the best mm -hmm. and vice versa. You know, like I, I feel like when I go out into the pit lane, I feel like I'm the best at what I do. You know, and I'm sure that everyone else feels that way as mm -hmm. well because it's the only way to operate. You know, you need that confidence, doubt, and confidence, and being being a unit and like really yeah. like is is a massive factor for that confidence. Mm. You know, like there's some, something that someone told me really earlier in, in my career. They said to me, "Oh, Cal, there's no friends in motorsport." You know, and it's a really common phrase throughout racing. Oh, there's no friends in motorsport, and it, and it speaks to you know the competitive nature of it. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's it's. It, it attracts competitive people, you know, no matter where you're working in, 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 you know, in a racing business, you're kind of there because you love racing, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't matter the job you're doing. Yep. Like for me, you know, my love of racing and competing, so I was naturally yeah. a competitive kid, mm -hmm. you know, so when I discovered racing, it suited my personality like perfectly. Yeah. Hmm. And then how do you like go about when it take, you take a look at like a good pit you know, performance, you know, how do you kind of measure that? Other than time, are there other factors that go into measuring a good pit performance? I, do you know what? I, obviously, yeah, you have the data yeah. and you have the time. For me, I, like, you know, in the pit lane, when a stop's finished, you know if it's a good stop. Hmm. And it's, for me, it's, we talk about like rhythm. You know, we mm -hmm. talk about like the rhythm of it, like the, you'll, and all of it's like the sound is part of it, like hearing four wheel go guns go off together and then mm. hearing them all go off again. Essentially, you hear two wheel guns. You hear mm. a gun come off once, you hear it go back on, you know, and that's the rhythm. You you feel the card, you know, you hear the card drop, you see the card drop and that's... So you before you've looked at the time, you know if the overall stop mm. is quick because you just know the rhythm. Mm -hmm. You've done so much practice that you know what a good one sounds like, yeah. what it feels like. 
Wow. And then what about a bad pit uh-huh. performance, right? Like, I mean, one of the things I'm always curious about is after a bad pit performance happens and you might hear on the radio a driver complain or, you know, the management might complain or whatever. Did that affect the morale of the team? Does that ever kind of be like, damn, like, what do we do? Like, I bet younger kind of people that are in the pit crew might take it a little bit more personally than more experienced people. But did that happen? I think, like, the first thing, you know, again, it's an experience thing. Like, over the course of a season, you'll probably do, what, like, 100 live pit stops? Mm. Like, you know, the idea, and when you're working to these fine margins, you know, you're trying to get a car serviced and out the Mm -hmm. the box in under two seconds. There's no way every single 100 of those is going to go perfect. Perfectly, yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And, and and, you know, if if you do a bad stop and your bad stop is three seconds, you could quite easily kick yourself and go, oh, you know, I could have been half a second quicker there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always going to find something. Mm. Like, I guarantee you when, when you know, when we broke the world record and did that 1.82 second yeah. stop, <laughs> guarantee you we all looked at the video and went, oh, could have been a bit quicker there. Oh, my God. Because that's the nature of yeah. it. Yeah. That's yeah, the nature yeah. of the whole industry, you know. Course, it yeah. doesn't, you know, you, yeah, you, give you, you can give yourself a pat on the back and say, yeah. oh, it was brilliant, guys. Yeah. Views all around, boys. But realistically, everyone's going to look at it and go, ah, do you know what? I was actually a little bit slow on that mm-hmm. bit of the stop. Wow. I could mm-hmm. go a little bit quicker there. And you'll get straight back to working at it for the next one and the next one. And and on the entertainment side now, with Drive to Survive, we're a big fan. We see you a lot. What what what, what, do, you, what do you feel about the show? I mean, look, the, the numbers in terms of viewing numbers for the sport are undeniable. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's, it's, it's a great product in terms of selling the sport to people i quite i quite enjoy watching yeah. mm-hmm. i'm not sure everyone i'm not sure everyone in the paddock will sit there and watch it i i quite enjoy it mm. you know like when i'm when i'm at the track realistically i'm only focused on what i'm doing you know mm. so to actually see the season from sort of an outsider's <laughs> perspective yeah. is actually quite nice yeah you know it's it's, it's almost refreshing in terms of see, seeing myself on yeah. the telly was weird for it was weird like the first time yeah. and then when it sort of started to happen more and more, I started to get loads of uh, messages from people that look like me saying, you know what, just seeing you mm. doing the job you're doing has inspired me. I, I really like racing. I'm going to go and look at a career and or whether it just be engineering, you know, whether it be it's so, such a big sector, mm, yeah. mm. you know, so as a positive that came out of it, being able to in some way just sort of be a little bit of representation for people who might not have considered a yeah, career right, in yeah. the sport before. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. It's amazing. No, it is good. Final question in Q1. I know there's a ton of proposed changes now that are kind of coming out potentially to the race weekends. And again, I know you're not, you know, a spokesperson for Red Bull, but just your personal opinion, even outside of being part of the team and just being a fan of the sport, are you a proponent of, you know, looking at things like changing up, you know, sprint qualifying or adding in like no practice sessions? Like, what do you think about these sort of changes? <sighs> you know, as do you know, as I was saying earlier. I'm, I'm like a creature of habit yeah. and I like my routine and routine and it's another old mechanics phrase that I don't like change yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like change you know I've, I've got I've got to sort of a, a nice place where everything's yeah. sort of yeah. working out quite well so why would I want change if it's not broken don't fix it I correct I don't know like how do you guys feel about it like, I, I don't yeah. know for me I feel like yeah, okay, at the moment people want the racing to be a little bit closer, yeah. but mm-hmm. that's only going to come with time and Correct. stable regs. Yeah, right. I, I don't, so I guess the mot- the motivation for, for making changes is, it's, is sort of the big question. Yeah, they're starting to see more of it being a show than a race. 
and I think yeah. this is just another avenue of it. But who wants that? Like, like we're, you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, all sport is entertainment. It's Correct. just about finding that line, isn't the it? The balance. Yeah, yeah. the balance yeah. between like entertainment and then also just wanting like, you know, okay, we want to have a an element also of like pure kind of entertainment, but you also probably want to have an element of going back to the roots, the tradition, the history of the sport, which even sprints I know aren't like the most popular mm. things for some drivers and even for some fans, right? They don't really like it, but it's a change that happened, what, two years ago, I think? And, uh, yeah, 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 and for them to now yeah. like come in and potentially add even more changes, it's interesting. But it's going to be a yeah. hell of a lot more work for the mechanics. Yeah, it's hard to sit here and be like, yeah, I'd love to. I do love that. it. <laughs> <laughs> He's already calculating the pit stops. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, two more hours. Well, hopefully, you don't have to do a pit stop and a sprint. Oh, yeah. 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 If you do, you're already having a bad day. Fantastic. Well, that's Q1. Henny, Mikey, verdict on that? Very happy over yeah, here. Green sector? Green sector. Green sector. Yeah. Green sector. <laughs> <laughs> well, He's over here. Well, I was just thinking, what we say about purple? Yeah. <laughs> that's Q2. Q2. That might come in Q2. Yeah. I think a green sector is a, what, a 2.5? 2.5 probably. We'll give him that. All right. Well, we'll see if we get the purple in Q2. Stay tuned with Callum. Welcome back to the Track Limits podcast here with Callum. We're not getting into Q2, Callum, and we're going to try to dive a little bit deeper into you as a professional. So walk us back all the way, childhood days, growing up, young education days. Like, What were you thinking at that time? Was this kind of career always in the cards for you, or was that something you kind of stumbled across? No, do you know what? Not not at all. Like, I, I think by the time I sort of left school, I knew that I wanted to work with my hands. Um, I, I always loved, you know, cars bikes anything with an engine and i was always that kid that would be taking stuff apart mm-hmm. you know lego whatever it be you know that I, I definitely always knew that i was going to be doing something with my hands mm. but i sort of i don't know when i sort of left school i sort of had this sort of stalled phase where I, you know i was working in a road car garage you know i was, I was quite happy servicing bmws and renault espaces the joys mm. but i i was I, I guess i'd lost a little bit of motivation in terms of my my natural competitiveness mm. Mm. Um, and it was actually redundancy that sort of snapped me out of that you know like I was made redundant uh, financial crash the garage wasn't that busy and I was sort of left thinking well I want to carry on doing what I'm doing working with cars how can I sort of make it a little bit more uh, I guess challenging mm. you know like I, I as a kid I was always that kid like I, I was I was just a competitor you know, whether like every sport, whatever it whatever it was, I I was I love to compete. I'm I'm that way naturally. Um, it's very much a personality trait that is attracted to motor racing mm-hmm. for that for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd sort of lost lost my drive a little bit, and then when I was made redundant, and I started looking at things to do. Um, a friend of mine was doing Formula Two at the time. He uh, he recommended a college. There's a college at um, at Silverstone Circuit, the mm. National College for Motorsport. Mm. And whilst I went there, and I was, I think I was the, at the time I was the oldest student they'd had. It was a really small college. They only took like 60 students a year. Wow. And I remember sort of saying to them, "Look, I, I really, I need, I need this place. I just need these qualifications." And the the college provided amazing opportunities for you to go out and find apprenticeships. Okay. Obviously, they had so many contacts at small teams that in and around Silverstone that it was sort of the best place for me to just try and get my foot in the door somewhere and just start getting some experience. Because although you know I knew cars, you know mm-hmm. I, I by that point I was you know 20 years old, I knew how to bolt cars together, but I, I had no no experience whatsoever of actually like racing. Mm. You know what it's like to be in a pit lane, and then like 2009, I went to the Silverstone Grand Prix, 
Um, and I remember doing the pit lane walk and watching the guys in the pit lane at the time and they were doing like pit stop practice and getting ready for the race on Sunday morning. And I just sort of thought to myself, you know, I, I, I can do this. Mm. You know, like I'm looking at the jobs that they're doing and you know, the, the majority of the work that they're doing, I'm like, there's absolutely no reason why I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do this. Um, so once I was at the college, it was then just me trying to find a way to, to build any experience on my CV. You know, that's like one of the biggest things, rather than qualifications, if you want to mm -hmm. be a mechanic or a technician in motorsport, mm. your experience is going to be your most valuable yeah. asset. asset, you know, um, and the references on your CV. And, and then obviously the thing is, well, where do you start? You know, where do you start? Where do you get experience when you have no experience? And one of the first bits of advice that I was given when I started at college was that if you wanted a racing career, the best thing you could do was firstly, you need to just find some motorsport that's near you. Mm. you know at any track you know in the UK on any given weekend or yep. you know weekday there's an open test session where teams are running their privateer cars you know all, all manner of race cars essentially mm -hmm. that they're there they're there at the track with and one of the things that the college afforded me was my pass would let me go into the circuit like on my lunch break I used to walk into the circuit and see who was there was in the pit lane um, and that's how I sort of got my first ever racing job was walking in that pit lane and there were teams setting up for Brick Car 24. I don't know if you know Brick Car, mm, but yeah. it's it's a wild race. Yeah. Where you've got everything from like Honda Civics yeah. up yeah. to like <laughs> supercars, <laughs> all on the same circuit. Yeah. It's, it's chaos. Yeah. And I, I walked up and down that pit lane for ages, just trying to ask teams, look, I'm at the college. I'm just looking for some work experience. I'll come and work for free for the weekend, blah, blah, blah. And I must have approached 10, 15 teams who were just like, ah, just not that interested, yeah. whatever. And it wasn't until... I'd got all the way down the other end of the pit lane to some of like the small privateer teams and I found this father and son team that were like, yeah, for sure. Mm. That's know? amazing. Yeah, come help out for the weekend, do wow. whatever needs doing. And I was just doing all the grunt work that yeah. they needed doing and I spent the, the weekend in the rain taking tires back and forth to the Dumlop tent. You know, and I, I slept in my car for the weekend. Yeah. Oh, wow. in, the, in, the, in the car park of Silverstone Circuit, I slept in the my car. Man. I, love yeah. I slept yeah. in my car for yeah. the weekend. And that was like the first thing, the first sort of reference I had to put on my CV. Hmm. And then from there, I just started approaching small teams that were around, you know, doing, uh, eventually ended up doing GP3. Mm -hmm. And it was a small team based in Silverstone. But I'd just been approaching teams and saying, look, I'm looking for some work experience after my college. And at the end, at the end of the day, after I finished college, um, and eventually I managed to find a proper apprenticeship. Um, and then it sort of grew from that. Grew from there, and then I think the first F1 team you joined was 2011, Marussia. Was Marussia? How was that? Was that? Were you nervous coming into that? Into that season? I was. I was. And on the one hand, yeah. Do you know what? On the one hand, I sort of knew the team manager. Oh, okay. So the 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 way I got the job at Marussia was a bit weird in that I was I'd just been like given a number one mechanic job. Actually, mm. I was like super, like super excited, yeah. number one mechanic now, yeah. doing GP3. And then I got a phone call, like completely out of the blue, from Dave O'Neill, who was the team manager at Marussia. And he called me and said, hi, Callum. Uh, Simon Kayser, who was my manager at the team I, mm. I currently worked at, he said, give me your number. And he said that you might want to interview for a factory role that we've got going to Marussia. I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Now give me a minute, I can take my lunch break. <laughs> and I did, I, a, couple of, a couple of days later, I, I, I used one of my lunch breaks to drive over to their factory and I, and I sat down with them and talked to them. And it was, I remember that, yeah, the first time walking into like, you know, this big, nice building, everything looks amazingly shiny. There's an F1 car in the lobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, no. sat there You're in shocked. this lobby waiting for this interview. There's <laughs> yeah. an F1 car in the lobby and my foot's going. And, I, and uh, yeah, it was obviously, and 
I sort of got to experience that all over again mm -hmm. in 2015 when I joined Red Bull because it was, you know, what what I didn't know at the time. Obviously, when I was that time, I didn't I had at Marussia. I didn't know how different it would be mm. joining Bigger a team. big championship winning team. Mm. Like you know, I joined in 50, 2015. Mm. Like I I hadn't won a world championship. You know, when I joined Red Bull, like these guys were already the giants. You know that they they were the the team to beat, and it was uh, like a whole new level of mm. F1 like Marussia was great you know and I learned so much and it being a small team meant that you did so much more mm -hmm. like you ended up doing so more so many more jobs because of, you know you didn't have the personnel for everybody to just mm. look after their one little bit mm. um but it was it was weird like I remember my first week at Marussia and I was working in sub-assembly and I went to stores and uh, I needed some brake cleaner and there was no brake cleaner like the factory they had no brake cleaner in the factory and uh, they obviously, by this point, they obviously had debts and they were on stop from loads of suppliers. And what loads of the technicians in the factory had been doing was any brake cleaner they had, they were putting it in a drip tray, like dirty brake cleaner, and they were putting cling film over the tray so oh it didn't evaporate. God. To sieve it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, so they could reuse Reuse the brake cleaner because oh, yeah, there was yeah. no, because wow. there was no other like brake cleaner at the time. And that lasted like a week. And this is how, this is how it sort of went a little while wow. for a little while at Marussia, you know, you'd go a week where there'd be stuff like this and then everything would be okay for a week. And then, you know, towards the end, um, there was obviously, there was one month where we got on a, we got, I'll never forget, we got on a plane to Belgium and, when we landed, we all got an email explaining to us that we weren't we weren't going to get paid tomorrow. <laughs> wow! Sure. And I just remember being like, they definitely waited until after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, for God's sake! It was, yeah. it was one of those things, and, and also, you know, in that situation, we're going to do. You're in Belgium already, you know, yeah. not racing or not doing not mm. doing is only going to make the situation worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we all got paid in yeah. the end. Everything okay. was fine. Um, it was it was really sad because in terms of the people and and the place to work at, it was it was brilliant. Hmm. You know, for me, as as like a well, by this point, I was like a twenty three year old hmm. to go into that sort of environment and sort of thrown in the deep end. You learn so quickly, mm -hmm. um, and obviously, I learned so much there that I then took on with me. It was a massively important part of my career. You know, and w was there a culture shock when you joined Red Bull compared to? Marussia. Just in that, I remember being so nervous and thinking to myself, oh, you've got to be extra professional, these guys are, you know, <laughs> like you've got to be like extra, like yeah. stern yep. and serious. No and, and, you know, it, it, it took me a couple of months to realize that actually this is a place where, you know, enjoying your work yeah. is just as important as as winning in mm. some ways, you know, like the culture of, of work hard, play hard. Yeah. Mm wasn't necessarily what I'd been expecting. Like I still didn't know enough about F1 to know that this was the sort of the way the team mm -hmm. was. Mm -hmm. um, so that was like the nicest surprise ever, you know, like as soon as you felt like, and honestly I felt like I, I fitted in there. Like, I don't know what it's like when you start a workplace, it takes a little while for you to mm, suss just, everyone yeah. out and, mm -hmm. and feel like you're at home. And I couldn't have felt more at home more quickly. Is there anything you'd say that the smaller teams did, did better than like going to a bigger team? Like, is there any funny little unique thing where, like, other than straining out brain? He's like, don't remind me of that. That's innovative, by the way. <laughs> no, I, like, no, I actually great. like that. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say 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 different. I think it's one thing that I always remind people, like, when people talk to me about F1 and they say, oh, but this team and that team. And I, I, I think it's always important to remember that it doesn't really matter where you are in the pit lane. 
Mm. Everybody's doing those long hours. Mm. Everybody's working their asses off. Everybody's, you know, away for all those days. And, you you know, it takes so much for a team to win at this level. So being a small part of that, like you sort of appreciate just how nice it is to win and be rewarded each week or at least get some sort of reward for your work. Because, you know, those first two years of my career at Marussia, it was very much, oh, yeah, we got 16th. And that was a win. You, yeah, know, yeah, that yeah. Was a win. you know, beating Caterham each week was yeah. a win. You know, yeah. that, was, that was what you could hope for. Yeah. You know, so actually, you know, I'm really like, I remember the first podium, the first win, like mm. all of that stuff was. That must have been mind blowing. It's just, it, it's just one of those times. It always actually, whenever we have these really good times, actually, more than anything, like you're really proud of it, but more than anything, I find it quite humbling. Like, I sort of think about how you're just a small part of all of the people that have made this happen. happen yeah. mm. You know, like, and sometimes, obviously, on the, on the telly, we're, we get a lot of the glory because people see us but you know like it's important to sort of remember that really you you're the end user of all the stuff that comes from our factory and yeah. mm. you know so it's yeah it's quite it's quite humbling really the nice bits i think it always like the the good bits as well as the bad bits they they sort of bring you together as a unit mm -hmm. just as much yeah and off topic this is something that just got introduced but you can't climb the walls and celebrate at the end yeah no. uh, i know you guys are gutted well, I, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one so you're, yeah. you're, you are allowed to like use the the little holes you're yeah. allowed to go to look through up, those but you, you can't but you can't like climb oh, that's, that's some of the best things you see the character yeah. down the street. and the camera always pans to you boys and you're and, always losing oh, yeah, that's yeah, my favorite yeah, yeah. it's, it's not, it's not ideal yeah. however over the last year or so i've climbed on some preachers yeah. <laughs> like I when you feel fall. them and they're a little yeah. bit like so you you have to understand like you know you can imagine what sort of a disaster it would be oh my god i don't even want to for sure. Yeah. So what you're saying is build extra strong fences. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. that would be that would be the, surely that would be the engineering solution would yeah. be to yeah. just build fences fence. that you can put anyone on. Yeah. Yeah. See. Yeah. Very There's a solution to every problem. I'm a proponent of yeah. that. I, like I love that. I, like I remember it. when we were in Montreal Grand Prix and Red Bull won, and we saw you guys kind of you know not jump over the fence yeah. but like kind of like celebrate over yeah. the fence i mean oh my god the atmosphere it's like it, it just adds something yeah. so special to yeah it. we're f yeah we were in front of the pit. we were right so in front we, of the pit. Like, yeah. 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 there's certain races where it's like it is amazing like uh like zambor and mexico mm. obviously the two that stick out for us um because like for me like zambor the atmosphere of zambor last year was like something else so when you get up on that fence and you just yeah. see the, like it's I don't know. It's, it's one Orange of the few times. Like, you, do, <laughs> yeah. you get goosebumps. I remember the grid, the oh. grid just before the start of the Zambot race, and the noise, and the music, and the crowd, and it really makes you feel like in yeah. the moment. Yeah, you know? of course. And then you've got to just get back to the garage, calm yourself down, focus. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know. Game time. And then, do you feel like you know you have good work-life balance? I'm curious because I know you know even before the interview started, we talked about how many races there are in a calendar. You know, some races get cancelled. It means that you have a ton more in a month after. They're potentially adding even more races down the road. Like, do you feel like you have good work-life balance? And if you do, how do you maintain that? I mean, look, I think, you know, this it's a choice yep. at the end of the day. You know, it, it's, it's a choice that I want to be at every race. You know, I want to be there. I'm there, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm there to win. Mm -hmm. I'm there to do everything that I can to make sure that the, the, the team I'm working with wins. And so... It's not really, it's not really an option for me personally to 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 think about not being at all those events. So, with that with that sort of knowledge, you know, you have to sort of say, well, 
I could choose to be at home every week if I wanted to have a better balance. For me, I think that it works quite well, the way that our sort of work structured. You know, when I'm at home in between events, I get to see my, my little girl all day, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, okay, she's at nursery, but she doesn't have to go to nursery. If I want to spend the whole day with her, I can. Yeah. You know, and then you get like five, six, seven days even sometimes where you you get to spend like quality time. I think realistically, if I was, let's say I was doing, you know, normal working hours in the factory, mm. by the time I get home in the evening, she's going to be going to bed, you know? So I only get two days a week then really, and that's the weekend where, I, where I've got that real quality time with her. Yeah. So... Yes, give and take, and like you know, the 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 calendar, the nature of it, you're gonna miss. I miss you know events. I miss friends, weddings. Unfortunately, I, you know, sometimes the the, the most I catch up with my mates and what they've been up to is seeing all the fun they're having on Instagram. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I I set out to to do this and win championships, and it's a you know a little sacrifice and. Yep. Hopefully there'll be plenty of years in the future where I'll get to sort of get back to that kind yeah. of stuff. And, and, and talking about that physical demands here, I know we see that pit crews have to do a lot of work. They, it's not just being at race weekends, but yeah. even off, you guys have to work out. What does that regimen look like for you guys? Um, I, I think it sort of depends on, on your role. Yeah. You know, we, we talk a lot about functional fitness. Mm. Um, I like for me, like in terms of training and things like that, yeah. I, as long as I'm in the shape that I, I'm getting through the year, I'm not constantly injured. You know, if you're constantly mm. picking up injuries, things like that, then obviously you need to address yeah. something. But I think that there's there's no real demand for people to like beast themselves for the sake of it. If anything, you know, when I'm when I'm not at the track, I, I I'd rather conserve my energy. Mm. You know, like that's that's the biggest thing I do. And, I, and and in terms of training, for me, I find like the cognitive training like way more useful to me like personally like you know if i'm doing stuff that's about like reaction time and focus Mm -hmm. and those are the things that i find like you know doing the wheel gun on pit stops i find that those are the things that are much more beneficial to me you know like in terms of when that car arrives the physicality of the job is from for the most part muscle memory you've Mm -hmm. done so many of Mm -hmm. them You, you your body knows how to perform the task and you've got you know the muscle and the physique to get the job done but your focus is is the thing really for me that you have to keep on top of. Right, right. Do you, uh, I'm curious, do you have any superstitions or like rituals <laughs> no. coming into a race weekend? No. Like no. So, no lucky pair of socks? No, so someone, <laughs> someone said to me the other day, superstitions for the week of mind. Yeah. Oh. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really, I don't really do superstitions. I'm gonna walk myself out. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't really, I don't really do superstitions. Does There's any of no. your pit crew have by any chance? Uh, maybe you so what I will say is what I, I, I don't have superstition but what I will say yeah. is especially on a Sunday morning I have like a real routine mm. Mm-hmm. so I, I get to the track Sunday morning I try and get all the little jobs that I need to do prep for post race you know I try and get all that stuff done and then sort of from the point that we have our morning pit stop practice that's the point at which I sort of get into a normal routine. So I'll do that pit stop practice. Mm. I might go and sit down out the back, whatever, have a cigarette. And then I'll come back and I'll get my suit on. I might listen to some music, whatever. And then I'll go out the front of the garage. I'll have a can of Red Bull, yep. sit on the pit wall. I don't know if you guys, we sort of, I don't know when that sort of started, but mm. like a couple of years ago, we just started like before a race, we'll all sit out there mm-hmm. and we'll just sort of fit. Calm, yeah, yeah, like I, I like to think of it as That's sort of just. That's the ritual. That's yeah. the ritual. Yeah, I guess yeah. it's a ritual, yeah. but yeah. I like I like to, I don't know. I sit there and I sort of like, I feel like I'm like at one with the pit lane. Oh. You know, like, yeah. I, you know, you don't spend, a, we don't spend a great deal of, great deal of time out there, mm. you know, other than pit stop practice and whatever. So it's, it's quite nice before a race, I sort of, 
just look around, take in the atmosphere, whatever, and just try and sort of get your head in the right space. Mm. That's kind of cool because you're in the moment. You're yeah. in the moment, yeah. you appreciate it, and then you can switch back out and go yeah, full professional. Yeah, because that's the biggest thing. You know, like you, like I said, you, when the car leaves the grid on yeah. Sunday, mm. you have to know that regardless, and you have always on a Sunday, like you've got so many other things going on. You've got all the stuff that you know you need to do post-race. You've got all the stuff that's maybe outstanding because you've been busy earlier on in the week. Mm -hmm. You're prepping for the next race. You know, you're thinking about all that stuff, even if it's just emails or, you know, you know, data import or anything that mm -hmm. you need to do behind the scenes. It's, it's, you have to be able to find a point of the day which you can just put all of that out of your mind. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no way that you can go into a race thinking about other things. You know, like when that car comes towards me, I'm literally thinking about seeing that axle end. Yep. There's no focus. Like there could be pink elephants walking around <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, like honestly, like yeah. there could be, like there yeah. could be anything else going on around me. The chances are I probably wouldn't see it. Right. Wait till Las Vegas comes. Like it's <laughs> very, like, you say, like, you know, some of the loudest places. Yeah, we've, right. We've got them race. And there they just has to be sort of this tunnel vision. And you have to find a point in your day for me. You have to find a point in your day where you can just get in that zone. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, talking about black representation, I yeah. know this is a completely different topic here, but do you think there's enough of it in F1? Uh, I know Lewis Hamilton has his Lewis commission, but other than that, do you think there needs to be more initiatives being put in? Well, I think, look, what, what, what I will say is, firstly, is the, we have to thank Lewis for starting the conversation. Like the lack of representation in motorsport, and it's not just F1, like, you know, mm -hmm. if anything, in... in in the lower rungs of the motorsport yeah. period, it's, it's, there's way less, you know? Um, but what one thing I will say is, you know, when I started in 2009, it was no different than, well, actually it's a lot better now, but it was obviously the problem was still there then. Right. But no one was having the conversation about it. There was no discussion to be had. So one of the things that, you know, I, I have to thank Lewis for, and you know, we all really thank Lewis for, was actually just having the, getting the conversation okay, started. Sorry, yeah. You know, he used his platform so effectively that actually there was, there was a conversation to be had here, you know, and there were mm -hmm. there were a lot of things that the, the commission brought up. And, and, and one of the problems I think the industry had was that there was no real data to go off of, you know, and, and plenty of times in the past, people had tried to sort of go into motorsport organizations and sort of say, you know, wh where are we at with mm -hmm. DNI diversity within teams and within organizations in, in, in the industry? And no one had that data. Mm. So, you know, where do you where do you begin, you know? So that one of the, the great things about the, the Hamilton Commission report is that they they provided that sort of starting point. And say, look, this is actually where we're at. These are the barriers that certain groups are experiencing getting into the industry. And it takes it all the way back to, you know, higher education mm -hmm. and where we're at in terms of people from higher education choosing not to go into racing as a career and, and the reasons behind that. And they're, they're, they're so varied, you know, like the, the, the underrepresentation of sort of women in technical roles and senior roles, the, the barriers to those opportunities are completely different to the barriers for, you know, black and ethnic minority mm, people yeah. mm. or, or people that are not, you know, British. Because that's, you know, there is, there's a lot of geography. Geography can be mm. a huge barrier. Like, you know, one of the things, and I didn't realize it, was when you talk about um, motorsport, we often talk about sort of motorsport valley, that sort of whole area up in sort of middle England where motorsport teams are based. And the nature of the facilities required, you know, a lot of them are based on farmland or big industrial units that are out in rural areas. Mm. And statistically, 
in the UK, black and ethnic minority people don't live in those areas. Mm, yeah. They live in inner cities. Mm. You know, that's a geographic barrier. Mm. You know, that's it's just one of those it's one of those things that you have to say, well, it's not like anyone's at fault here. It's yeah. just a fact of geography that this is why we aren't reaching these people. Right. And then, you know, though there are other there are other barriers just like that. You know, some of those barriers will be implicit bias. You know, like I know I know that there's women still trying to get into the sport that are still experiencing you know, implicit bias. bias, you know, the bias that just says, oh, well, you're not an engineer or you, you know what I mean? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's so, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but it still goes on, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but the report was crucial in us actually being able to say, well, look, this is, this is independent, independent research yeah. that's looked at all of the available data. And now at least the industry has a resource mm. where they can build from. And the Hamilton Commission made uh, 10 recommendations to the sport um, in ways that it could help break down these barriers to opportunity because I th you know that's what we're talking about it's mm. just breaking down the barriers to opportunity you know I look at my daughter and whether she, if she wanted to have a career that followed in my footsteps and would I want her to have to deal with some of the things that mm -hmm. women doing the job now have had to deal with mm. you know these are the barriers that we need to just try and get get past Mm. And when it comes to speaking on diversity, even STEM, we were chatting about that. Is that a big reason? Is that a big why for you? Is that, you know, you have your daughter or you know people that you really want to give an opportunity to down the road to get into motorsport? It's certainly my why now. Yep. Like, you know, why I want to come and do, you know, conversations like this, why I'm more than happy when I see, you know, my, my image on Drive to Survive. You know, that's that's my why now. Hmm. You know, it certainly wasn't my why when I started oh, racing. My, my my why was very much because I just wanted to Wanna go win. and win things. Mm, yeah. Yep. You know, um, certainly having a, a certainly having a daughter made me sort of realise more of the inequalities in life and and the things not necessarily inequalities inequalities that applied to me, but things that I wouldn't want her to have to experience. So yeah, it's definitely a big why for me now. Hmm. And at, yeah. I was going to say, outside of racing again, like um, for yourself, is there any like exciting projects that you're looking forward to working on or personal goals you want to achieve outside of the sport? No, outside of the sport, it's a weird, you know what, my only other love really, like growing up mm. was music. Mm. So like Ooh. music, music's like my other love. And I always thought that maybe if I wasn't doing this, mm. I'd want to do something in the music industry. But in terms of goals, it's all of my goals for the last like 10 years, 15 years have been so racing focused, mm. you know, like, okay, personal goals, you know, owning your home or whatever. Mm. But in terms of other projects outside of racing, outside of racing, I just, like, I'd love to play golf for a living. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We've seen the yeah. yeah. story. Yeah. If, yeah. I can find, if I can just find, like, I, I'm going to have to talk to the live golf guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe I could, maybe I could find a little slot on there. Like, I wouldn't need much money. Like, if I could just do that for a living, that would probably be the only other thing that oh, I'd yeah. want to oh, go and do. Oh. What's your handicap? If you, if you don't uh, know. I'm nowhere at the moment. No, like, no, 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 no. Absolutely nowhere, like 13. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's still good. It's a bit annoying. Like, I, you know, when I first started, when did I first start playing golf? Like five years now? Five, six years ago, I started playing. And I said to myself at the beginning of this year, I just really want to get down to single figures. I'd love oh. to do, or even 10. I'd be so mm. happy at 10, you know? <laughs> do you bring the clubs with you? So if you're heading mm. off and like, you're not coming back to the UK, you're going to stay going? Or yeah, so rent? sometimes just, depending on the calendar and whether it's sort of good for it. Yeah. You know, like if there are places where you're going and you know the second leg of a double header yeah. will be a good place to go and play golf, then yeah, you, just, you take it. your clubs. Yeah. Austria is always brilliant. Oh, oh is it? Yeah, like when yeah. during the COVID years when we did 
like two races in Austria. Yeah. Yeah. It was perfect. Like, <laughs> you got like extra days off to play yeah. golf. It was wonderful. Didn't you play in Bahrain? I seen a pause, was it? Yeah, so, oh, it's, nice. so it's really nice actually. So every year the, the circuit in Bahrain, they put on a golf tournament for the paddock. That's wow. amazing. Yeah, so they, 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 they've been doing it for a few years now. Unfortunately, we've only ever managed to come second. Oh, oh no. Which is, which is <laughs> a bug. <laughs> yeah, Mate, do you know what? We've been beaten by different people each time. This year, it was uh, a couple of the guys from Williams beat us, and Alpine did us a couple of years oh. ago. Um, I can imagine just the bragging right yeah, 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 yeah. Like, You don't even care about the rest. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's oh, one God. of those things as well. Like I wouldn't, I don't care if I come second or last. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not first. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like we've got three lovely glass trophies, and the trophies yeah. are so nice. They're like the shape of the tower <laughs> at the <laughs> racetrack. Like. Yeah, they're like really nice, like yeah. glass trophies, yeah. and they're wonderful. But they all say runner-up, and oh. it's just brutal. That's the motivation for next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been saying that every year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there people in the paddock? I know there's a lot of golf aficionados in there. Like, are there like a, a wish list you have of who you'd like to go golfing with? You know, anybody in the paddock? Well, in the paddock? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. not really. No. 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 <laughs> I want to play whoever's the worst. I just want to play. I want to win. I love that. I love yeah. that. Uh, last question yeah. here uh, for Q2. You have a job that, like you talked about, has anyone wants to get into, what's that one recommendation you would give them if yeah. they want to enter this world? Yeah, so so the one bit of advice I give was what we spoke about earlier. So yeah. that was, it was the first piece of advice that I was given at college. Mm. And that was you need to find small teams, whether they're at the track or find where their, their, their factories are. And you just need to ask them if you can just go and help and you need to keep pestering them. And, and eventually you'll find that team that will give you that first bit of experience and then you just need to keep building. Just mm -hmm. do more and more. Mm -hmm. You know, that was the first bit of advice I was given was find some motorsport and find a way to just get involved. You know, it's not, you know, you're not, you're not going to walk up to the doors of an F1 team and be like, yeah. oh, can I just kind of, obviously not. But, yeah. you know, you, there's amazing racing throughout the, like this pyramid that we speak of in motorsport in the mm -hmm. UK. There's, there's some amazing racing throughout it. You know, whether it's the, you know, lawnmower racing club of Great Britain or whatever, yeah. you yeah. know, it doesn't matter. Like just the experience of competing and doing something like with your hands or you're building race cars and you're competing. That's that first bit of that first bit of inspiration that you'll need. Like that was what it was for me. Mm -hmm. Like I decided I'd gone, I'd going to go down this route of motorsport because I was a good mechanic and I thought, well, they get paid all right. And you know, I might be quite good at it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I did that first race, you know, that first weekend at brick car that yeah. I was like, I have to I'm do this. For this I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going to love this, you know? So that's that's the other important thing. It's not just the it's not just the the references that you'll get. It's actually like really being inspired and feeling what it's like to compete and being hungry for it. That's yeah. it. Get your hands dirty. Yeah, mm. that's love it. it. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Great purple anything. sector. Purple. 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 Oh. purple. Right away. I was gonna purple. go. I was gonna go purple. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah, we coined one purple, which is a half half green, half purple. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Okay. He's I'm giving you. the benefit of that. All, all right. Purple all right. it is. There we go. Provisional poll potentially coming. Two point two. If we can get past Q3 here, stay tuned with Callum. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Track Limits Podcast. We're here with Callum and now getting into the rapid fire round. Callum, are you nervous? No, not at all. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hey, he's about to set a new world record. Okay, he's time so to go hard. to the extremely hard quite up here. <laughs> We're going to ask you a bunch of questions. We'll see how rapid and fire your answers can okay. be. First question, if you had to add a race anywhere in the world, where would you add a race? Uh, South Africa. Oh, nice. love that. If, if, if you had one track to remove, what would it be? <laughs> uh -huh, we're getting feisty. It's a hard one. Yeah. Monaco. Uh -huh. Okay. 
Uh, which one of the social media platforms would you remove forever? Oh, Twitter. Mm. That's okay. a common answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. good. What regulation change would you institute if you were, you know, tomorrow had the ability to change any regulation in F1? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's actually a really tough question. I can't answer that one quickly. Um, I don't know. Enforced days off. More days. Yeah. Oh, like you have you to go. build, you have to build the car on a Thursday, and you're yeah. not allowed to take it apart until Sunday night. Yeah. Oh, wow. There we go. Love it. <laughs> uh, for the audio listeners, I'm about to show you a photo. This is a photo of you and Jules, um, uh, and you posted. What, what was going on during this? So that was that was actually taken not long before Jules's accident. Oh. Um, we decided that as I'd grown my high top, yeah. we just wanted to see how many cable ties we could fit in it without them falling <laughs> out. Oh. Um, we were, okay, it stemmed from a story that I told about a friend of mine who used to hide things in his hair, and uh, and then we were just, and then it just went on from there. Oh no! Um, yeah, it's a fond memory that oh, photo. Isn't it? I love it. Uh, which drive would you trust to drive you around the track blindfolded? To be honest, any of them. Oh yeah. Because I, I I know how much more talented they are than me. <laughs> so <laughs> it'd be ridiculous. It'd be ridiculous to yeah. say like it'd be ridiculous to say, and it depends what track as well. Like if we were a Zamvor, I Max can drive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I I'd just do it like that. Really, it depends yeah. where we're going. Oh, that's Very neat. Mm. The greatest driver of all time, in your opinion? <laughs> heat, heat. Um, it's a tough one. In terms of like just the passion and the the, the soul, I think it'd have to be Senna. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You know, I think I think that more more so than you know necessarily the amount of titles he'd won or anything like that. I think just his belief and his sort of drive and his something that I think pretty much all the drivers have now is, you know, we all think of Senna as this amazing character. You know, he was, he was ruthless. He was a ruthless winner, mm -hmm. you know, and, and there's so much to be admired about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, I think it'd have to be. Cool. Yeah. I think we know the answer to this, but <laughs> if you had to choose one team, if you were a driver, what team would you choose? I mean, Obviously, Red Bull. Red Bull. Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Just out of nowhere. I mean, to be fair, at least you get a nice car. I think you just mentioned his name, but past driver that you would have loved to work with. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely would have been. Senna. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. I, yeah. Like, I feel like I'm really lucky to have worked with so many drivers in my yeah. time. Mm -hmm. um, and in fairness, I, there's none of them that haven't sort of been brilliant with us yeah. in the garage. Yeah. So... Um, it's quite it's quite hard to say you know who it was who's your favorite mm -hmm. to work for but yeah i think in terms of drivers that i never got the opportunity to work for it would have either been michael schumacher or Ayrton senna yeah that's, cool. that's mm -hmm. good out of the current grid who would you want as your teammate who would you not want as your teammate <laughs> <laughs> who would i want as my teammate um is a tough one um because i'd want the team to win yeah so I'd probably go with Max just because he could yeah. hopefully carry me. <laughs> <laughs> but in the same sentence, if I was thinking that I might have a chance of winning anything, then I wouldn't want it to be Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Love God. That. If you had to choose another sport in, in more sport other than F1, what would you choose? Oh, golf, for golf. sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Like I just spent the last four days watching the yeah. Masters. Oh yeah. Oh, that like, was, what'd you think of it? Uh, I was a bit, I can't, like, I, I love John Rahm, yeah. but I kind of wanted Brooks to win. Mm. Just because I wanted one of the, the live refugees yeah. mm. to win the Masters. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I thought that would be brilliant. Uh, what other pit crew do you think you'd fit in with? Like, you mm. can't work with Red Bull mm. anymore. you got to pick another team. It's mm. so hard. It's so hard because I haven't thought about it. 
in, mm. in reality. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, over the years and you know, time goes by, there's always opportunities to look at other places to work in the paddock. But more so than anything, I wouldn't really want to have to start that journey again mm. when I fit so well with the people that I'm with. You know, so it's a really it's a really hard thing to think. And also, you know, you, you're talking about downgrading pit crews. Mm. You know, like if I wasn't if I wasn't where I was, if I wasn't working in this pit crew, then I wouldn't be working in a crew that was as good as yeah. the one I'm currently with. That's so. pit crew out there. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's, it's a yeah, tough choice downgrade? to make. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's uh, going to be a yellow sector. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you already know. No, you're doing like, great. Down. You're doing great. <laughs> the most fond weekend, in your opinion, that you've ever had at a race. Like what was the best Grand Prix that you've gone to? That is a really tough question. <laughs> um, do you know what? One of my fondest memories was actually China in like 2018 with Ricardo. Mm. Oh. oh, yeah. Because it was chaos. You yeah. know, the whole week was absolute chaos. It was one of the hardest weeks in terms of the workload. Yep. Um, everything went wrong at the wrong time. We barely got the car out for qualifying. Mm. And we just kept our heads down and we came out of it with an amazing win. So for me, in terms of, I remember that night being in the bar later that night and just being like, oh, that was fun. Wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely was no stress, fun to be yeah. had while it was going, going on. on. When you look back at it, it was like, that was actually pretty cool. Brilliant. Wow. Uh, what driver do you think has the best social media presence? Oh, I don't really know. Um, I'm not sure. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't really follow many. I don't really I follow um, like all of them, yeah. to be honest. I'm not really sure. Cool. Yeah. yeah no uh, what's the most over-asked question you get? Mm. Oh, the first question <laughs> is the first question that people who don't like really watch F1 will ask you when they've asked you what you do. The first thing they will always ask is, do you get to drive the car? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> every time, every time. And every time you have to explain, no, no, I don't get to drive yeah. <laughs> No, no. Um, but yeah, that is the most common oh. question without a doubt. Gotcha. I'll take this one out. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what piece of F1 memorabilia would you like to own or do you currently own that you love? I own quite a few nice bits of memorabilia. I've got mm. I mean, for starters, we've got loads of the champagne bottles that we've won oh, yeah. class. over the last years. We tend to like share them out among people. Nice. Um, what? Yeah. No, yeah, continue. Yeah, I don't know. In terms of things, in terms of things you'd like to own, like I think the only things that have any real value are, are stuff that are directly related to what you've done mm -hmm. you know so even like the little plaques i've got for my pit stop for for like the pit stops over the years they're all in my downstairs bathroom it's a little shrine it's a little shrine to racing in there like when we read the man cave <laughs> yeah, like, yeah just, it's my favorite place to be <laughs> no but um yeah so all of those kind of little bits so they, they, you know they might not look much to someone they didn't yeah. know but those are the ones that probably that are most valuable to me very blood sweat and tears in there like. yeah, yeah exactly mm -hmm. it's sure. sort of not really like monetary value is sort of irrelevant mm -hmm. it's more about the memories that are attached to them exactly uh your favorite f1 driver lineup of all time mm. you know what i i like all of the lineups that we, we we've had yeah. here you know i think max and checo at the moment is wicked lineup oh that mm -hmm. is you know um i think that you know daniel and max was a great lineup yeah. you know so it's been it's been it's been sort of an honor to sort of have yeah. all of these great sort of setups around me um yeah i, I love i love i think the lineup we've got now is so strong mm -hmm. it's no, so it's so strong uh most embarrassing moment <laughs> you've ever had at a grand prix weekend 
probably one of my first race weekends. Yeah. And uh, I think it was actually my first weekend. I think it was like Monza back in like 2011 or something. And like, I'd never really like been a breakfast person. Okay. But I'd learned that first week in the track, I'd learned that, you know, eat when the meals are on because yeah. you might be busy next time. <laughs> so I'd, yeah. I'd been like forcing myself to have breakfast. And then Sunday morning, Sunday morning, I forced myself to have breakfast and it was early. It was like an early, early start. And I forced myself, got straight in and had breakfast and then immediately had to go outside and throw up. Oh, no. And that, that was fine, yeah. except that everybody thought that I'd just thrown up because I was nervous. No, and it was no, my first race weekend. No. I was like, no, no, it's got to be. No, no, no. You're correcting them, but no, it's got to be. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, don't be nervous. I'm like, I'm not nervous. <laughs> you're like shouting into the kitchen. It was dodgy eggs, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll put it in There's there. no nerves about it. I'm just not used to eating at this time in the morning and then running around doing pit stop practice. Oh, so I'm not there. Oh, God. Yeah, that if was you, If bad. you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, I'd like to be able to. I've, I think about this a lot. Okay, cool. This okay. is actually a really yeah, yeah. easy question. Oh, okay. So I'd like to just be able to control anything electronic with my mind. Oh, like it'd be the best way. That. It'd be the best anything. Like, yeah. remember, I don't know if you remember watching Heroes, but the young kid in Heroes. No. Yeah, so it was a young kid in Heroes, yeah. and that was his superpower. Like, literally anything that, you know, was electronic. electronic. You control it with your mind because you could rule the world like this. Yeah, I was oh, going to yeah. say, yeah. 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 So yeah. There'd be no point in having a, a like a superpower that people could see. Yeah. Like, people would, you know, just end up in a lab yeah. <laughs> but if you could control stuff with control stuff with your mind oh and yeah. no one would ever know it was you you could rule the world and no one would have wow. any idea IT boys would love you like. yeah. I have yeah. never had that answer Same. ever no that's good <laughs> I never yeah. talked about it that's fantastic that's a first uh, who do you think would play an awesome act, uh, awesome F1 driver as a, a professional actor that you think I guess it depends what drive <laughs> yeah. oh okay um, I'll say Max Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know who would play Max. Um, He'd probably be quite good at himself. himself yeah. Yeah. Probably, imagine? He might enjoy that. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I wouldn't. I didn't even know who would play Max. I, we, we were talking about Taylor Lautner. I don't know if you know the For Twilight movies. Taylor Lautner. Oh, I've got to be honest, I haven't watched the Twilight Honestly, movies. Honestly, no, I had no to go Yeah, yeah what other movies yeah. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. But Taylor Lautner looks like Lance Stroll. That's the yeah. only one yeah. we okay, found. They they direct look, I think it's because of the hair, because he's got a good kick head of hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I know this one, but I gotta ask. You. Yeah. <laughs> Predictions for twenty twenty three. Who's gonna Who's gonna be the driver and constructor? I think the driver's very much up in the air. Mm. I think people might expect Max to win, but I don't count anyone out. Mm -hmm. um, I in the teams. I, I hopefully we can just keep going and keep focused and come away with another win. You have the momentum. Ball is rolling. Just keep keep pushing it. Yeah, I you know I think it might be the case that we're at a stage, a point ahead where we can just hopefully hold on throughout the year because look, everyone's coming. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's no, there's no like, oh yeah, well, don't worry, it's going to be like this the rest of the year because it's absolutely not. No. Like every weekend, there's the feeling that you just switched on, ready for anything, and you just have to keep pushing, keep doing everything you're doing, and keep doing it better than you did it last week mm -hmm. because everyone's coming. You know, like Aston have made a great car this year, yeah. and it just shows that how quickly that you can turn things around. Mm -hmm. Very much, you know. Um, so, yeah, I hope it's us. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, just hopefully, you know, hopefully it's in our hands as well. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's that's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. So much can happen that you just have to hope that it's all, everything that you can do is in your hands and yeah. that you do it mm -hmm. and that nothing else sort of influences it. Oh. Or it. you can use your superpower. Yeah. yeah. I mean, make everything work. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, maybe that'd be, maybe that'd be super obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Every, yeah. every week there'd just be like two cars, yeah. just walked away. Everything went right. Yeah. Like a 1.3 you know? second pizza. How? Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. The data could say whatever I needed to say. 
it would be perfect. Final question. You're writing an autobiography on your life. Which of these titles best resonates with you? The Daredevil, <laughs> the Dream Catcher, the Free Spirit, or the Hardest Worker? That is a tough one. Um, how about the Grumpy Old Man? Grumpy Old Man. No, I mean, I think... I think um, Adrenaline, adrenaline's probably yeah, the one, of the, one of the things that I, yeah, I've sort of embraced throughout it. Pit stops was very much a focus, and you know, my one of my goals early on was to do an F1 pit stop, and then, you know, and all of that is sort of adrenaline driven for me. Mm. Like I love it those, those two mm -hmm. seconds. Hopefully, you know. Fantastic, um, guys! Rapid fire round was, rating. Okay, that was. We want to give it to. Thanks again, Callum, for coming on. Final question we ask every guest. You know, you talked a little bit at the beginning about, you know, your career, what you've done thus far. Tell us a bit, you know, when it's all said and done, what sort of legacy do you want to leave behind? How do you want to be remembered at this stage in your life? Yeah, look, I think as we spoke earlier, I think that if I, I think I'm at a point that if I feel like I've inspired anyone to just consider a career in motorsport, pursue a sort of dream that would make them a great life. Like there's so many great lives to be had, so many great careers to be had in this industry. So I think if if I can sort of inspire one person to pursue one that wouldn't have otherwise, I consider that wicked. I consider that great. Brilliant, love it. And where can people find you on social media if they want to see? Uh, they can the find gym. me on Instagram at F1 Mech. Yeah, as always. Lovely. Well, you guys, you know, enjoy this episode. Hope you guys really enjoyed it. Leave a review if you liked it. Check out the other episodes on tracklimitspod.com, and we will see you guys in the next episode.